Welcome to Follow Your Curiosity, where we explore the inner workings of the creative process. I'm your host, Nancy Norbeck. Hi, everybody. This is Nancy Norbeck, and I am here with this week's creative pep talk. I want to build this week on what I talked about last time. If you haven't heard the last pep talk, which was called Don't Be Smarter Than the Truth, at least that's what the quote was. I don't remember if that's exactly what I called it. I think I just called it the truth. Anyway, if you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend that you listen to that one first, but you'll probably get something out of this one either way. So if you want to stay where you are and check that one out later, you certainly can. But um, I, I just, it's hard, right? Like we talked about last time, it's hard to fight the urge to try to outwit the truth. So many times we know what the truth is, but we don't want it to be true. And so, you know, we come up with some elaborate rationale in our own heads for why we should do something that does not acknowledge or honor or even admit that truth. If, however, you get to the point where you're able, and I think that this is a process, I don't want to sound like, hey, I heard this quote on a Star Trek episode and now I am an expert in the truth, right? Because we could define the truth in all sorts of different ways and that's a whole other, heck, that's a whole other podcast. Um, but when, when we start to get honest with ourselves, we start to say to ourselves, hey, look, this thing that I'm believing, that I'm trying to talk myself into doing, is it really based on my truth? Or am I trying to just get away from some other thing that I know, but don't want to admit to myself, don't want to acknowledge? We get to that point. That's a point of real wisdom or the beginnings of wisdom. Here's the thing about wisdom, and I know this from the last two years that I have spent scribbling in so many journals that I literally buy ink refills for my pen in bulk, (laughs) is that tons of wisdom comes up all the time. This is why I'm such a big fan of journaling, because stuff just comes up in the in the process of of looking at one question, you suddenly get an insight that you didn't expect or an insight into a different question. And holy cow, you just kind of sit there and go, whoa, whoa, hang on. That's, that's huge. Or you write, you write words that you kind of look at and go, where, where did that come from? You know, kind of like that first time that you understand what they mean in books when someone says, I heard myself say something. (laughs) You're like, where did that come from? Because I don't think it was me. I'm not sure I'm that smart, right? These things come up all the time. And the process of wrestling with what is the actual truth of this situation, which you would think would be the easiest question in the world to answer, but we are human beings, so we make it hard. In that process, you are going to uncover wisdom because we are all wiser than we think we are. Again, this is why I'm such a huge fan of journaling. The thing is, It's great to find the wisdom. It's great to hear the wisdom. It's great to say, wow, that's really deep and important. But if we ignore the wisdom, what does, what's the point? What does that do for us? If we're not willing to listen to our wise selves, then why are we putting ourselves through the effort of the journaling, the asking, the wondering, the, the delving into what is the truth of this situation in the first place? 
you can so easily fall into this trap where we we confuse putting in the effort and doing the work of exploring ourselves, exploring our process, wrestling with the truth. And we think that that's it. Oh, hey, look, I found the truth. I'm done now. It's all good. I'm done. I don't have to do anything else because I found the truth. But if you find the truth and you just go back to your regular life and keep doing the same things over and over again, you might as well not have bothered. Now, again, I think that this is part of a process. I think that for most of us, when we are not used to exploring the way we think, looking at our own truth, acknowledging that truth, these things have to be done in small pieces, right? Especially if it's a really big truth. If the really big truth is, I don't want to be married anymore, or I need to find a different job, or, you know, somebody's been wronging me in some way that I need to resolve, and it's going to be ugly and painful and, and stressful, and therefore, I don't really want to do it. Our instinct is to bury our heads back in the sand, pretend that we don't know what we now know, and go on. La, la, la. Life is great. The problem with that is you can't really unknow what you know. And when you know your truth, the truth is going to dog you, man. It is going to come for you. And you can pretend that you don't know all you want, but all you're doing in that process is making yourself miserable because the part of you that knows your truth is actually sitting inside you saying, you know that's not true. You know that's not true. You know that's not true. You know you need to do this other thing. You know what the right thing is to do, but you don't want to do it. And the more we hear that voice, the more we want to bury our heads in the sand. And see how this goes? There's no, there's no stress release here. There's a whole lot more stress because now we're back to outsmarting the truth. <laughs> so I will just want you to think about learning from your own wisdom. It's not enough to recognize it. You have to really figure out how you want to live it. Now, I may not be able to tell you the, the right answer to that because your answer may be very different than mine, may be very different than the person next door. But odds are good if you're willing to wrestle with your own process and your own thoughts and your own reality, you'll figure it out. And the thing is, you still have to do what you figure out. None of this happens for us. It's not just a light switch as much as I wish it were. And I say all this from the absolute knowledge and place of, I have a hard time remembering to do this too. Why do you think I thought to share it with you? It's not the easiest process in the world. So my suggestion is to start with small things. Figure out what's the smallest little piece that you can process as a new reality, a new way of functioning, a new way of interacting with your world that lines up with that truth. Martha Beck calls these one-degree turns. And her argument is if you are a ship out on the ocean and you change your course by one degree, that doesn't seem in the moment like it's a whole lot, but you can end up in a completely different place than you'd have ended up the other time if you hadn't re rejiggered your course. And if you make enough one-degree turns, you'll really end up in a different place. Jill Badonsky talks about doing things 5% at a time. Imagine just being 5% more willing to engage with a certain process. Just being 5% more willing to assert yourself at work. Whatever, whatever that thing is. 
those are really good places to start. Also, grab a pen, grab a notebook, and go write about it and see what comes up. You know more than you think you do. All of us do. The important part, though, is to actually learn from what you learn from yourself and put it into practice. It's not, it's not a natural thing. It's not something that's just going to happen magically. You have to want to do it. You have to put in the effort. But 5% or a one-degree turn might be all you need to get started. And for every little bit you do, the next bit is always easier. So I know this is pretty deep. I know some of you may be wondering what the heck this has to do with your creative process, but honestly, it has everything to do with it. Because until you acknowledge your truth and until you listen to your wisdom, it's going to affect how you create things. It's going to affect what you tell yourself about who you are and the work that you do and the value of who you are and the value of the work that you do just for a start. It's going to affect how you approach your projects. It affects everything. So listen to those little bits of wisdom. Get, start to get good at listening to yourself, whether it's on paper or as you're working, because things can come up then too. Write them down. Learn from them. You will gain so much by doing this. And please know that I am right here in the trenches doing it with you. So I'd love to hear your thoughts, your experiences with this kind of an idea, with journaling, with any of it. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok sometimes. <laughs> um, I'm either FY Curiosity or FY Curiosity Pod on all of those platforms. You can drop me a note at my website or just shoot me an a email, nancy at fycuriosity.com. I'd love to hear from you. And I hope that you start listening to your own wisdom today and see what you gain from it. And with that, I'll see you next time. You know, I talk to people all the time who are feeling totally lost, overwhelmed, and stuck creatively. And I know there are lots more of you out there who are feeling the same way. So I made something to help. Check out the link in your podcast app for my creative tune-up kit. It's 37 bucks, super affordable, and it's full of my favorite coaching tools to help you rediscover your creative self and make progress fast. I would love to get it into your hands so that you can get unstuck and create beautiful things this year. Follow Your Curiosity is produced by me, Nancy Norbeck, with music by Joseph McDade. If you like Follow Your Curiosity, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell your friends. It really helps me reach new listeners. 